It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! Looks like Shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just as he did. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor podcast, but I haven't named it yet. It's quite a new segment, this, right? So it's the, is it the Arsenal Editor Extra? Is it the Arsenal Editor something? I don't know. I'm going to come up with it. But basically the premise is um, we get to know Arsenal fans, well-known Arsenal fans um, around the UK and hopefully around the world as and when we grow. Uh, and it's really exciting. We did a couple last year, but now that we've got the new season, um, we've got some made some brand new contacts, brand new friends, and we're really looking forward to cracking again. So um, we've got Jamie Hinch with us. And if you don't know Jamie Hinch, uh, you should, <laughs> because he's <laughs> built a social media uh, empire along with his wife, Sophie, and with an aptly named Mr. and Mrs. Hinch across social media. Um, and I'll, I'm going to sort of pause there and not big you up too much, mate, because I could actually start saying a few more things um, about, you know, your kids and the podcast you've done and things like that. But quite frankly, you're showing me up because... In your background, you've got a multi-gym that we've just speak about how you set up on your own. And I've got an extra long fluffy hoodie. I'm sitting in, to be honest, my shorts. And I've got a very messy room that I'm in my parents' house at the moment. So you're showing me up, mate. That's, that's okay, mate. It's all good. It's all good. It doesn't matter. As long as you're comfortable, that's all that matters. Absolutely. I've got I've, I've got my hands tucked into my fluffy hoodie. I've got my dog behind me and I'm happy. Yeah. Um, but I see you repping the Arsenal shirt. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I've got. Um, I've got. You know, I, I've got. I like this kit. Actually, it's one of the nicest kits we've had for a while as a home kit. Um, yeah. I just think it's quite smart, and you know, I've got the boys, their kits, and and Ronnie, who's my oldest, who's two. I've got them the full kit, and he goes to baby ballers on Sunday, and he wears it. And it's, it's. I really like the socks. I remember, you know, we had. Well, I think it was. Was it ninety eight? Uh, around that time when we had the, the mm. you know, the white and and the red striped socks across. Yeah. Um, I always thought were nice. Um, but yeah, I'm just pleased that um, you know we've got we've got a nice home shirt, and uh, it, it makes a change. Because I've never I haven't liked our kits that much in the last few years, but I think yeah. um, I think even in the away kit's lovely as well. I've got the yellow one as well. I think it's nice with a bit of blue. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so I think it's all yeah. good. We um, yeah, well, I think I wasn't sure about Adidas when they came in. You know, I was a bit nervous because Puma, I wasn't really a fan of. It was skin tight. It just wasn't the retro Arsenal way. Like, you know, we have some seriously, seriously sexy kits in the past. Yeah, um, So I'm looking forward to hearing what you kit you've got um, when we get onto that eventually as well. But uh, yeah. um, have you got a name on the back? Have your, have your kids got a name on the back? Yeah, well? I've got... I can, shall I turn around and show you? Yeah, go I've on, got, hit me. No, no one can see this. Oh, Ron Len Hen. It's the... Uh, I've got Ronnie, who's my oldest, and then Lenny, who's my youngest, who's four months tomorrow, actually, and, uh, and our dog, Henry. Like, oh, amazing! Ron Leonard, him, yeah. So your dog is a massive Arsenal fan too. <laughs> yeah. He's named after Thierry Henry, but we call him Henry. Of I course, tell, I, I didn't tell Soph at the time. I said, "Oh, Henry's a nice name." <laughs> I just didn't you say know, it with an accent. I didn't say it with an accent. She went, oh, it's lovely." Yeah, well, Henry. It's a nice strong name anyway. But obviously, I can't call him Henry. I call him Henry. But you know, that's, that's, that's that was that's... my inspiration. That is fantastic. Do you know what? I read a story recently, right? So um, there was somebody that I read about that. So I think they were also an Arsenal fan. Yeah. And uh, they had a kid with their wife. And I think they were going through baby names, like it sounds like you did with your, with your dog name at this point. And they, uh, so someone said, well, what about Lorezna? Lorezna, like, oh, Lorezna, that's a great name. Yeah, go on, let's call it that. Apparently 10 years later, he then admitted that it was Arsenal backwards. Backwards, yeah. Was that in Australia? <laughs> I think something like that. Yeah. I don't know no, where I, I read just, it. I only read it because it was Arsenal, and I just it came up randomly, and it was yeah. it made you know people started laughing because it's quite it's like you never even thought about putting Arsenal backwards, have you? Yeah, but, um, not at all, not at all. I wouldn't even think that would end up being like a nice name. Yeah, but no, yeah. <laughs> genius. Yeah, oh, well, he waited look, ten years though. He's sort of gone the yeah. safety net. He's gone right ten years. Can't change yeah. it now, you know. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's quite I, clever. I need- uh, I need to. Uh, I need to maybe think of a couple of names. I mean, I mean, you know, there's always uh, Pascal Segan. Maybe I'll name a kid after that. Uh, wow. Maybe maybe next hamster I'll call after Javinio or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pascal Segan. Wow. Oh, legends, mate. Legends of the club. Yeah, I know. Uh, I just, but, um, mad. I know. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's really good to, to speak thanks to you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and um, how's everything been with you? What's what's new with you? I actually, I. I listened to um, one of your podcasts earlier after we chatted on the phone. Oh, okay, and yeah. 
Yeah, and because you mentioned that you've been doing them, and, and, and I hadn't heard, so I, do, I dug in and had a listen. I know there's quite a few episodes. I dug, dug into one that was that was really good, actually. Um, Thank you. It was the it was the uh, one you did on sort of May, around May the 11th, sort of thing, and around mental illness and about yeah. body image as well around your work. And I just sort of, you know, particularly around I can imagine the similar sort of time everything was going on around, you know, the the Bukayo Saka kind of. Um, mental health issues that were sort of going down around the end of like the Euros and everything. It just, uh, yeah, it was sort of, it was really good, mate. So what made you sort of start that podcast and, and everything between you and Soph? Well, we, we did, we did, we recorded, the reason why it was recorded uh, uh, before May was because Soph was going on maternity leave because Lenny was due in May. So that's why we sort of finished it. Uh, it came out, um, uh, you know, over, sort of, we did 10 episodes and it came out once a week, every Tuesday, I think it was. Uh, and mental health and, body image is, is a big thing purely because of the, the world we live in today and the pressures from social media um particularly particularly on females uh and and due to Soph's account and and the the, the spotlight it's under and the exposure that she has and obviously she has quite a large following um she, you know that everything is pulled apart um and it's almost you know it's like uh i suppose an abusive uh collection of of, of different um genres that people are in you know like so footballers get it uh, anyone basically anyone in the public eye that's of that's accessible to the general public um and yeah i think it's i could talk about it for hours you know mental health and and, and body image are very closely linked i think um but it's such a vast and wide subject there's so many different strands of it and it affects so many people in so many different ways and you don't have to be in the public eye mental health uh, challenges or body image challenges. Uh, it's just everyday people. Um, so we wanted to put a, a bit of perspective on it and um, sort of have both sides where, you know, we're just normal people, but we're very, very fortunate to do the job that we do, especially especially so with our following. And, and, and obviously, you know, we hate the word influencer, but that's the word that's banded about. And, mm. you know, we saw, unfortunately, uh, in the summer with, with obviously... Um, Bakayo with his with his obviously with the penalty miss and 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 the, and the guys that missed you know with uh, Sancho and um, Marcus Rashford and it's just but the, the the thing that makes me like it's still uh, you know do you know what I'll tell you why I, it, make, it, it makes me just realise how far behind we still are as as a, as a country is I played for about half an hour the other day Championship mm. Manager. Right, well, everyone knows championship manager, the best game ever, right? But I yeah. used to like 2001-2002 season because it was just about enough technology and it was just about enough info rather than it was too detailed and it took too long to play a game because you had to spend half an hour just choosing the squad and clicking so many buttons. And on the start of that game, it, it had let's kick racism out of football as as one of the screen, the screen sort of uh, savers. And I remember when it came out and it was the corner flag and racism was on the other side of the white line. And I yep. thought, well, that, that, that is 20 years ago. And you would think 20 years later, with everything that, that the country's gone through, with everything that's happened in the world, with the technology we have, that we're yep. even in a position we're talking about it. And it, it's just staggering. It's absolutely staggering. And um, I just think that something needs to change. And But, mm. you know, how many times have, you know, with people with far, far more influential and bigger influence than me and, and myself, make huge superstars um and and nothing seems to be done and it's like you know yeah and it's not just because it's like he's an arsenal player you know jane sancho and, and rashford play for, play for united and it's, it doesn't matter who you play for it's the principle the fact that you know it's like you're not surprised and i just think it's i think it's a disgrace and i just think that so much more could be done with all the technology we have why don't people do things about it you know, people can be, be be held accountable. You know, you park, you drive in a bus lane. You, within two days, you get a ticket. You don't, <laughs> they don't even know who's driving the car. They still on the number plate. So you're telling me they don't know who these people are creating these accounts, abusing people. It's, 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 it's so easy to do. I mean, you just have to look at the well, COVID surely. thing, right? You mentioned COVID on a story. You mentioned COVID on anything. It, you know, a little notification comes up saying, find out information here. Don't want to spread misinformation. And, you know, there yeah. we are thinking we're having progressed however long. And like you say, we've been doing this for ages. I remember the little rubber bands you used to get on. It was about black and little, a black and white one you used to have on yeah. your arm, yeah, you know, when Thierry Henry was advertising them and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. It's, you'd be forgiven for 
you know, for thinking around that time that, that we were really progressing because without, it was just before social media and you tended to surround yourself, you know, you know, I did at least, and I'm sure you did as well, but with people who, who weren't that way inclined and didn't think that way. So you'd almost be beginning thinking that we were progressing and it only takes yeah. a, a quick Twitter search now and it's yeah. clearly going backwards and really these people still exist. And um, did, so did, you know, I can imagine everything that happened to you and Sophie in terms of social media has happened really quickly. You built quite the empire. It's, it's really amazing. It's a hell of a storm. And is that kind yeah. of, has that maybe not, not changed your mind per se about, you know, the kind of mental health people experience or, or some of the abuse people see, but, but open your eyes to it in a new way that you may not have thought done before maybe? Yeah, I, you know, we just, obviously, because the thing is, it's, this wasn't planned, it's not like we planned it. It wasn't like we sat at home and did the strategy and thought, okay, mm. you know, we're going we, to, let, let's get on Instagram and and blow it up and, 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 and you know, become sort of in the public eye. It just happened overnight. It, it's hard to explain, you know, Soph's account, she just did something that she loved, she was cleaning. But what it has done is, it, uh, things that I see, things that I've read, doesn't surprise me at all, because I because I'm a bit more streetwise than Sophie, if you like. But to her, it was like a massive, like some of the messages, you would you just you think of the worst thing possible. And the thing that I don't understand is, is that if Sophie was, or even myself, if we were controversial, like a Katie Hopkins, or you were trying to inflama, inf, uh, inflame the situation, whatever that may be, I could sort of understand, you know, the abuse that you would get. Because you know you're trying you're trying to create an issue you're trying to you're trying to get attention you're trying to be controversial but she's cleaning her house yeah you know which yeah. everyone does she's she's just a normal stay-at-home mum who was a hairdresser at the time who yeah. worked really hard to study for hairdressing at college I was working in a recruitment business where I'd worked for twelve years we're just normal people and then suddenly we're thrust into the spotlight mainly so and. It was like, you know, she was getting 10,000 messages a day. Yeah. And it was like, but and, and don't get me wrong, 99% of them are absolutely unbelievable, like absolutely amazing. Her followers are unbelievable. But the small percentage, which is so minuscule, those are the ones that you remember or stick in your head, certainly for her. For me, I, you know, I get the odd message, but I, I don't care. I couldn't care less. You could say yeah, what yeah. you want to me. It makes absolutely no difference to me at all. That's why they don't bother. Because I'm not, I'm, I'm not interested. It doesn't bother me. You can say you're worst of the worst, and that means absolutely nothing to me. Yeah. You know, a lot of them I don't even see. I'm sure I've missed some, but Soph obviously doesn't, doesn't. I go on there on purpose to see them, but she, she gets so many, she just lands on them some occasionally, and but they just really stick with her, and and you sort of feel helpless because you want to protect her as, as obviously as you would protect your wife, your missus, whatever. Um, mm. But just yeah, honestly, it's just. Some of the stuff, you know, and people sometimes they were talking about um, giving grief, giving grief to our dog. Jesus, like, man, some yeah. people they, didn't they just look? It's a dog. It's a dog, man, and plus a very cute dog. The baby and the babies. Sometimes they get messages about the baby, and, like, and it's a, like that. But that to me is like you've got problems because that's a baby. That's someone who's in, who, who's defenseless. Same with a dog. They're defenseless. And it's like, what what are you doing in your life? Like, what, what's going on in your life to go to the lowest of the low and do things like that? Like, mm. what are you doing with your time? And the thing that worries me is that they've probably got kids. They've probably got a family and, you know, they're going out and doing what everyone else does and go to work and earn a living, do what you mm. need to do and bring up your kids in the right way. But on the keyboard, they're abusing people in a position of, public eye which they believe because they're on in the public eye they're fair game and it's like yes and no but you, you can send someone a message but yeah. there's no need to be disgusting with with your wording you know but yeah and it's 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 something that um you know people well, there's some sick people out there firstly right but also i think there is this expectation that these people who may they have small twitter followings or small instagram followings something like that and and they don't think that these people who they see as untouchable or unreachable, they don't think, oh, they probably won't see my comment, but I'm going to try and rile something up. Or, you know, and we see a lot in the football world, right? We see yeah. these people who have got millions of followers and, you know, you see them on TV. They almost don't exist. And whilst I'm never a victim of abusing anyone, uh, sorry, victim, perpetrator, or whatever, but I was never one to throw abuse on social media. 
I certainly wouldn't imagine if if I posted about them or said this person played badly that that they would ever read it. But you know, we yeah. know as well. You know, you, you know better than anyone that of course you would. Of and it, it's 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 any it's only human nature to to want to sort of delve in and read any comments, read any messages. And people, ninety nine percent of them are really keen to actually reach out to you and speak to you, right? So of course you yeah. want to speak to them. And so it's only very easy to sift through. And it's it's the negative ones that stick in your mind. I mean, yeah. you know, do, this is very different because it's about critiquing of uh, an ability per se. But you know, for me, people be very complimentary about doing a podcast but it's the one person that maybe you'll say a trolley comment that's like oh it's actually uh, you're not actually very good or whatever it that's the one you seem to remember and then if you yeah. expand that to something that's far more problematic and far more yeah. um damaging then you can see how people it's, it would stick with people but um but yeah, yeah. i mean look so the, the, the anyway the, the podcast that you're doing was, was great and i thought it was really you know open and honest and I, i'm quite looking forward to listening to the rest of the seven i think is you said there was eight in total there's ten in total, um, and there's you know they're all available on you know whatever whatever platform people get their podcast on. It's on every platform, uh, Global Play or whatever it is, and mm. uh, yeah, the, the feedback was amazing. Like it, it was, but we, it was just you know people are interested and, and they want to know what goes on, and and we're, we've got nothing to hide. Just you know, as I said, we're just a normal family that happened to fall into this for whatever reason, and um, you know we're just in, enjoying it because it's easy for us because we we're being ourselves we're not you know it's no it's not fake it's not made up it's so being yourself is the easiest thing to do right if yeah you're, if, you're, if you're trying to be something else then that's when you sort of eventually sort of trip up and some people do that and that's and that's entirely up to them but for me i'm just you know just an easygoing guy from north london who's just in a position where i'd just like to if we can use our platform for good No, that's like what we'd like doing the charity stuff. We did a charity quiz at Christmas uh, for Save the Children, which was great. Mm-hmm. Things like that. It's just an amazing thing giving back, and it and, it, and it's it, you know it, it takes nothing of our time to just sit there and do a quiz. It's, it's just a laugh and a joke and there's banter and you know yeah. it was really well received. So and it helps the kids massively, and so that's that, that's worth it just for that alone. You know, yeah, that's so nice and um, yeah, and I think you know doing things like the podcast firstly helps people get to know you and in a different way because do you ever find in social media that i found this with um in football which is you know in a certain way it's um it's it's difficult to finish a point like you've got 142 characters or whatever and or whatever it is and someone's you've got to say that you've got to evaluate how someone's performed maybe you've got to critique them or in your sense you know you've got to um do what you need to do on social media get your point across but you can't really finish it so people don't really get to know you in the same way Whereas yeah. if you can do your podcast, people get to know you and, you know, yeah. I can imagine there's so much more benefits to come around that. So, um, yeah, and so that, you know, that's the reason mm. why we did it. One of the main reasons. So, so people could actually, we could tell our story, uh, especially Soph, uh, and we could talk about, um, things that, that, you know, where there's no one coming back and saying, Oh no, that's not true. Well, we, we can tell the truth, speak the truth, have mm. some laughs, have some jokes and interact with, with our followers who ask, who ask so many questions, especially to Soph. And it's just, you know, it's nice just to give back. And the feedback was amazing. So we're just so blessed and so grateful. That's amazing. And and, and on the note of, uh, you know, giving people a platform to finish points and articulate yourselves, I wonder how, uh, so, so I always find right with Arsenal, okay, bring it back to football a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's very easy to throw a tweet around and, and you know, talk about Arsenal. And we're, we're getting memed a lot at the moment because we're not performing very well. Here's your chance then. I'm going to ask you a question about Arsenal. Um, before we jump onto your, your dream goal, um, what do you think about Arsenal at the moment? The floor is yours. I'm talking Arteta, our league position, everything like that. And for those that don't know, I should say, so these podcasts, the reason why we want to do these ones is so that they last a long time. Normally when we do a football podcast, but three days later, we've got another game. It's dead. No one's going to listen to that one really for a while. Whereas these ones can be a bit longer. So I guess when people might listen to this, there might be not as much context as to where we are in the league, what we're doing. So yeah. just before North London derby, uh, we've just beaten Burnley and Nor- Norwich and we're, I think, what, 12th in the league? Well, so how are you feeling? What, what are you thinking? What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that, you know, we've we've addressed some of the issues, um, but we didn't address all the issues that we had. Um, but I think it, the way I see it is very simple, to be honest, in my eyes anyway, is that if you're going to back the manager... In this, in this in this summer transfer window now, where 
he's there was a lot listen when everyone knows there was a lot of dead wood a lot of people on, on on crazy wages that they wanted to get rid of um mm. you know uh williams for example you know it's just it's just crazy crazy numbers and um ultimately you know arsenal whether we like it or not, as a business so the like any business you've got to balance the books and I, I i just want to to see i think that we give our tether till christmas because yeah. that way then you've you've got your you've had your pre-season you've got your new signings in you've had a few injuries like party's been injured he's come back now there's going to be more injuries but we the thing is i think for us we have no excuses purely because we don't have any european football so we we should have less injuries because we're playing obviously less games we have two competitions which is which we've always had which is the fa cup league cup and yeah. obviously the league and i think that it's imperative. I know we spoke on the phone, and I repeat what I said to you on the phone. It, it's it, it's imperative. There is no other option than to get European football. Now, obviously, we want Champions League football, but yeah. if we don't get Champions League football, worst case Europa League football, because that's another improvement, and then that means that we have more money coming into the club purely because obviously we're in Europe, which means we can invest more money again as we get rid of more dead wood and we bring in the players start to mature. We've got obviously a lot of young players come in, and we then add. I still think we need, we still need a couple of players that are like top top draw players that are experienced players that have that are winners, mm. which obviously is the hardest player to find because they're so expensive, such a premium. But we need, like you know, if we look at all the successful teams Arsenal have had, there's always been a mixture of youth and experience. And I think most teams that win the league have always had that mixture of youth and experience. And the experienced players are normally winners. And it doesn't mean they've well don't have to win things in this country, but they've they've won things wherever they've been. Yeah. Um, and I think that I just think that we are in a massive transition period, and everyone's saying you know back Arteta, back the club, given time, and that's that's fine. But we have to see results, and I think that we're only going to be judged to make sure that we're still in the League Cup. Obviously, the FA Cup third round starts in January anyway, so that mm. won't be an issue. And and obviously with the league, we've got to be we're going to have to be top six by Christmas. Because I've always said the league don't start until after Christmas anyway. That's when the season really starts for me. Yep. I mean, um, you know, you have to look as, la- as far as last season where, I mean, you know, to be fair, we we threw it away before Christmas. But actually, it was from the new year where things really picked up. I mean, I say picked up. We ended up getting back and scraping it back to eighth. <laughs> but yeah. that's where it really picked up. And um, and, and before that, it's always going to be a dog battle. So, um yeah, I mean, it, you, you're absolutely right. And I just, it's what I like about, you know, I spoke about this yesterday on our analysis podcast, but it's about, I think, I'm happy that Arteta uh, has at least got the club through enough of a transition where the squad is young, energetic, full of decent enough quality that a world class manager, should Arteta leave by December because he's lost about 50 games. <laughs> It's got a good squad to to, to work with, and uh, some people that will fight for him. Not the load of deadwood you're talking about, you know, that we've managed to get out. So, um, fair. And how do you think we'll uh, how do you think we'll get on this season then? In uh, in thirty seconds, I'm talking position. Maybe what I think, competition? I, I, think, I think we'll get top seven. Top seven. Okay. So we'll scrape a scrape a European place. Yeah, the reason why I say that purely is because of that we haven't got a massive squad in depth. Mm. If we lose people like. Uh, if if we're being like completely honest, and I hate talking negative about players, but if we lose if we lose a goalkeeper, we're okay. Hence Ramsdale, we've got Leno still. Regardless whether he, he's going, he's happy at number two, or he's not a number two, or he's going to leave at the end of the season. There's still there's still proven performers in in the position, right? Yeah. Um, uh, center off. If we lose a center off, we're in trouble. If Gabriel Ben White gets injured, I don't think we have uh, enough quality there. Um, I think. Uh, right back so far from what I've seen, he, he looks he looks good. But again, it's we can't really judge what we see, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, obviously, Kieran's unbelievable. We should be captain already, without a shadow of a doubt. He should be captain. I don't know why he's not captain. Um, uh, and in midfield, Lokonga, I like the look of him. I think you know, I think he's a good signing. I think he's got a lot of potential uh, physically. He's 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 the right mould. You know, it's obviously a physical league. Um, yeah. We 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 desperately need a striker. Because Abayang is not getting any younger. If he doesn't hit form, Lacazette's going to leave at the end of the season because he obviously his contract's only finished. Um, Belugan, I think, has got a lot of potential again, but it's hard because you know he's not going to play ahead of Lacazette and Abayang if they're fit. 
I personally don't believe that. So it's like, how, when does he get the game time? But, you know, if we're talking about tomorrow, you should be playing, we should start tomorrow without a doubt if we're playing, not because we're playing a lower league side, but just because it's a cup, we should play all the cup games purely from an experience view. And then we're in the first team, we should be coming on sort of, depending on obviously who we're playing and what, what, what we are in terms of the score, he's got to be coming on at least getting 10, 15 minutes at the end because um, he's got a bit of pace and he can still stretch def- tired defences. So, um, yeah. Also, with the captaincy, Abamian shouldn't be captain purely because just tell him to go out and concentrate on scoring goals. Don't worry about leading the team. Just let Kieran Tinney, who naturally is more of a leader. But listen, what do we know? We, we know we're two fans. That's what our club to do. Well, we're not in the training. We're not around the training ground. But yeah. that's what I see from from face value of the kind of players and the way that Tierney plays. That's the kind of player you want as captain in your club, regardless of where they play. You know, it doesn't mean because he shouts loads. It means that everyone should be captain. There's loads of captains that are really quiet. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He leads by example, and that's what it's about. And you know, that's the kind of person that's going to lift the team who players are going to look to. You know, when 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 they're struggling, oh, it's a tough game. But you know, talking of tough games, we've gone to Burnley. We've kept a clean sheet, one one nil against yeah. the natural physical side. That we all know what you're going to get. So you can't ask for more than that. It's three points. It doesn't matter how what the score is. Sometimes if we get three points where people aren't expecting us to do, then I think it's a, it's again it's another positive. So. Hundred percent. We got we got Spurs on Sunday. It's the biggest game of the season so far. I think that you know we, it doesn't matter where we are in the league, what's going on with them, what's going on with us. We have to win the game. Certainly at home, there's just no excuses. Everyone knows that. All the players know that. So let's fingers crossed we get the three points. Yeah, I'm terrified. That is just it is just the spring will be need, isn't it? Like it's just going to be if we can win that with the home crowd, the energy. Like it's just going to propel the team. And I, I think that is the kind of game that could propel a Bamiyang. If he scores and the crowd's behind him, suddenly his tail's up and he plays well the next few games because we've got a couple of winnable games after that. So hopefully, if we can win that, we win the next two or three after that. Suddenly, we're looking in pretty good shape, to be honest. Yeah, um, let's see. It's like momentum, isn't it? It's like conf- you know, winning breeds confidence. Confidence breeds confidence, and mm. you know, people get more confident. And if they and it just becomes starting getting these habits. And uh, I just think that we need to. The, the key thing for me is that looking further down the line at the end of the season, bearing in mind, if you're looking at the big teams like, you know, the other big teams like Chelsea, Man United, Man City and, and, and Liverpool, like Chelsea look, have bought some great players and they look superb, and but they've got a really good squad and they're only going to, we need to get to that level. So we need to, we need to stay on their coattails and, and at least challenge them. Otherwise there's going to be, it's going to be like the old scenario back in the day when it was just Man United, Arsenal going for the league every year. And the gap between everyone else, and we don't, we don't want to be the gap. We don't want to be everyone else. <laughs> we don't oh, because no. you know how long it takes to get back. It takes years, not not a couple mm. of seasons, years. <coughs> oh shit! Yeah, it does. It does. And and no, let's um, let's let's just hope that's what we can do. You know, we can push forward and we can do it. And um, but look, let's park Fingers away. Point. Let's park um the uh how we're doing at the moment chat and do you know what I'm going to use this as a reference point and I'm going to remember what you said and we'll look at this podcast at the end of the season and we'll see, see how well you predict it I'm safe in top seven that's why I'm, you know, I'm <laughs> well, what, what, you, what you cleverly didn't say is which position in the top seven it could be first it could be <laughs> yeah, listen, no. I'm kid ourselves no, uh, I know. we like to win the league I don't think we, you know, we just haven't, we're not good enough to win the league yet but. Oh, hey well there has been two teams in history that have um that have won the league from losing their first three games. And that, that was in the yeah. 1920s, so who, we can see. Um, it's 100 years nearly, so we're about right, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's due now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so we're going to move on. We, we spoke, obviously, before about... Um, well, we've been talking for a while now. I think we've done uh, we've done pretty well. But the uh, what we was keen to go through was uh, your dream goal. So we're going to go through a number of different... Uh, aspects of the goal and it can be completely fictitious in any way so I'm really keen to hear what you've come up with but we'll go from the stadium what kind of occasion it is what kit you'd be wearing team you'd be playing the celebration what the goal would be and all sorts of things I mean now this is your moment right you're playing for Arsenal just the once and um, the floor is yours in a sense so um, I'm looking forward to going through this and it can be as crazy or as wacky as you want um, and it can be as vindicative as you want it can be anything so i'm looking forward to this so so let's kick it off um where are we jamie what are we doing oh do, do you know what i'm unfortunately i'm not really a creative person so this is probably <laughs> going to be you've built it up to be like it's going to be something amazing but unfortunately i'm going to have to put a disclaimer and say it's, it's quite 
um it's quite sort of steady eddy um that's fine mate that's fine as long uh, as it's it's the one you want that's that's it that's all i need <laughs> i thought about the stadiums and and obviously you know my favorite stadium ever is highbury it was i, I loved highbury it was because mm. it was so close to the players you know and, and you as soon as you went to the emirates you see you know even look at the grounds now like i was watching what was the game on the other day uh was it everton everton who would everton play they won the villa uh, was it or yeah, no, 3-1. They won 3-1. Um, uh, it might be Burnley, actually. Burnley was Burnley, yeah. It was Burnley. Yeah, it was a week before us. Burnley's mm. first, yeah. And, 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 and I, just, I love Goodison. Goodison Park's a lot of... I think I know a lot of players. Sorry, I don't know a lot of players. A lot of players, but I believe, say that Goodison Park's one of their favourite grounds, purely because it's so close. Mm. Again, the Flames is still an old-school ground, isn't it? Um, and, yeah, so I would have said Highbury, but I, I, I thought, let me look at what's the biggest stadium in the world. And officially, the biggest yeah, stadium in the world is, is the Rongrado Stadium in North Korea, <laughs> which, which has a capacity of 114,000. So I thought, no. That, that's the stadium for me. I'm Googling <laughs> this right now, mate. So what's it called, the Rongrado? Rongrado is first. It's called the, randomly. I don't know if it's... <laughs> yeah, listen, it might not be true because it's North Korea, right? But it's the Rongrado 1st of May Stadium. 100,000, people. It is to be fair, it is massive. Yeah. So 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 we've started well. So ha- let me just get it straight. We're off to North Korea. Off to North Korea. We're off to North Korea, Jamie. Right, I can't wait. I mean, oh, God, it's massive. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've I've been to the new camp and I've gone to the new camp. You go right at the top where the press sit, and it's really yeah. steep. And I thought, oh my God. And then when you come down to the pitch, which obviously you can't go on, you look up. You think, oh my wow, it's just absolutely huge, and that's like what that's not just under a hundred thousand. I thought that just you know, imagine playing at that, that stadium for the Madrid Barcelona. It'd be like it, the noise must be ridiculous, yeah. And the passion must be um anyway, just nice. going off slightly, but yeah, just well, I've gone North Korea because uh, you know, <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm gonna yeah, mate, it made up. Well, I'm gonna offer you something a little bit more here because I'm looking at this stadium and I'm just gonna take into a couple of into consideration a couple of things you said. So so obviously it's the biggest stadium in the world already. The Rongrado 1st of May Stadium for anyone listening that wants to search it. That's mad. Okay. But what I'm seeing here is a lot of space between the... Because there's running tracks. A lot of space between the, the fans and the stadium. Yeah. So I've got a proposition for you, all right? What if... I'm looking at a picture now, so you'll understand what I mean if you can see it. For anyone at home, Google it. What if you... Because you, there's kind of a slant as they are in stadiums like a bowl right as yeah, yeah. coming in so what if we kept digging so we lowered the stadium further got rid of their track and just put seats all the way up until the edge of the thing which will probably yeah. add another 50,000 seats there we go. right so let's so should we do that to the, to the stadium as well 100% so, you, so we've got 164,000 people to be honest uh, I've, I've got planning permission and then waiting for it to be approved <laughs> I thought you did. I, I I was waiting for you to bring that up. I'm sure I thought you did. <laughs> okay. Oh, can you imagine though? Oh, oh, 164,000. That's Jeez. the one. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what have I got? Have I got anything written down here? Any? Who Who would you like to be in the stadium then? I think that's probably a good one. Maybe that ties into what the occasion could be as well. But um, yeah. So who, who's in the stadium? Oh, uh, so we've got. It's just. It's it's full. It's full of uh, Arsenal fans. Uh, and it's and it's sort of uh, a ninety ten split because we're playing Spurs. Oh, very big, very good. Okay, all right. Yeah, we're playing the Thanks the arch enemy. Um, okay. So they've got like they've got like you know ten uh, percent because yeah it's because uh, you want, want them you want to huh? you still want them there, don't you? To glow. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. obviously I'm scoring a worldie, so yeah. we, you know, we want them to be be privileged to see it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. By the way, I'm not texting anyone. I'm not being rude. I'm I'm writing everything down. By the way, so at the end, I'll I'll, no I'll refill what we've got. But um, okay, so it's ninety ten split. Um, so we're playing Spurs. That does beg the question, though. Like, what's the what's the occasion? Because so we basically Spurs it's, it's wouldn't the, be in the Champions League, would they? No, but it's <laughs> unrealistic. So it's the, it's the future of the world club championships, where it's like it's a it's a Champions League of the whole world, and every every top team, <laughs> every single continent. Um, we actually, obviously, I'm playing for Arsenal. We beat uh, the, the 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 world the world champions um, from uh, the Antarctic to get through to the final because <laughs> it covers every continent, you know. God, so, okay. Uh, oh, the, 
I'll make it up. But, but it, the reason why it's okay. so is we're playing an off career because it's the because uh, the world isn't like uh, uh, having a, a world war with Korea. It's a very peaceful world we're living in, and there's no okay. war, and everyone can go to North Korea. It's not a problem. Um, and uh, we've basically got a final between Arsenal and Spurs, and it's like the Champions League of the world. Okay, final. So it's the Champions League of the world. So kind of, kind of like if. Well, I can imagine if that was... I'm trying to think how that would play out because that is... So we'd have the group stages in each one, which would effectively be like the Champions League, but then that would yeah. then filter into uh, this massive world one. I love yeah. it. I love it. Okay. Question. How did Spurs get there? Because it's that unrealistic dream. Uh, okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, very nice. Very, very nice. No. Smoothly done. No. Smoothly yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I think um, they just got lucky. That's fantastic. All right, so we'll um, and and we touched upon this earlier. So you're wearing a nice kit now. Um, yeah. I love, I do love the new kit. By the way, I didn't say that. I, I'm a huge fan. I got Saka on the yeah. back. Um, I don't know. I do have a dog, but I don't have kids, so uh, I didn't. I didn't get anything else on the back. But for now, I'm going to keep my childish dream of becoming Bukayo Saka. Um, so, yeah. what kit are you wearing for this occasion? Uh, easy, easy. This is the '89 kit when we won the league at Anfield. Ah. Oh. Easy. So, do, do you have good memories of that? Yeah, I remember watching it on TV. I was, you know, I would have been what I was at uh, uh, eleven. Yeah, and I remember it was an obviously it was an evening game, and I, I just I was so excited. Um, but I just, but obviously, it was very different back then. So it was like it was almost like after the event, and when you look back, you don't realize how important and how amazing it was. Um, but it was. Yeah. Oh, but, it, but you know, I know, I know Aguero's up there with his with, with with his City goal against QPR. But I just think because you know it was Arsenal Liverpool, the two teams fighting for the league. You're never going to beat that. It's never going to be beaten. You can't for a last and to score in the last minute at Anfield, needing two goals, and everyone everyone knew exactly what needed to be done. It was just absolutely. Oh, wow. I remember when I remember when Andy Smith scored his goal. And, it could, yeah. and I thought, oh, we just need one more. I just, yeah. I still remember it now. And I was obviously, you know, sitting there watching with my dad, and I just said in my head, I thought we just need one more. I said we just need one chance. I didn't know who's going to score it. I just thought, just one chance, anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing the I'm wearing the fluffiest hoodie, and I've got goosebumps. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's one of those moments in your life you just don't forget where you were. I just remember yeah. sitting with it, and I just remember when when Mark, when Michael Thomas scored. I, I think I screamed so loud it woke my sister up. Yeah, oh. I was allowed to especially watch it because obviously it was a night game, and I just I was like I can't, I've never been so excited apart from now that I've had kids. I just yeah. literally couldn't believe that it was we scored. Literally, <laughs> oh my god! When he went through, I, I, I literally I picture it like it was yesterday when he went through yeah. and you got the ricochet off of uh, Steve Nichol, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 and then it just bounced. It bounced through, and then he was through. But that's when I thought, you know, when you watch about, you think it was destined to happen. That's that was the luck we needed because that could have gone anywhere, and it was just. It, but it just fell perfectly, and the yeah. finish as well. And like you know, when you watch the documentary, and obviously watch, you know, um, the documentary they did on it, which I watched for I've seen like three times now. Like eighty nine. Mm. Yeah, eighty nine. They just and they said all the players said like you know Mickey Mickey Thomas was like. He was the most calmest player. Like it, it couldn't have fallen to someone better, you know. Yeah. Um, but just yeah. So that's that's the kit I'm wearing, basically. Oh, I love it. Is it going to be the away kit like it was as well? Yeah. yeah. Or is it be, yeah, of course. I, I I'm so gutted that. Um, well, firstly, amazing kit, but yeah, I'm just so gutted that I wasn't around for that. I mean, you know, I'm gonna gonna scare you, but even though I may look about forty um, after a long <laughs> day's work, I, I am actually only twenty nine. So uh, I I was born in ninety two. So I've I, my first real memories of Arsenal sort of linger around winning the FA Cup around like early two thousands. I mean, I, yeah, I I don't really remember much to pre pre two thousand really. We won it three years in a row. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a, it was a hell of a time to be alive, to be honest, mate. And yeah. of, but I can't imagine like because I, I saw the Aguero moment um, in a room with one Liverpool fan and eight United fans, uh, which to be honest was great. Um, so I, I watched a lot of people and I felt like I was really witnessing a moment, Yeah. you know, but I, and I couldn't, you know, without the context of seeing like the last minute goal, Michael Thomas and all that sort of stuff, I was like, 
you know, the, the, the last minute, the goal difference, the two in extra time and all that sort of stuff. But what it didn't have, like you say, like the 89 one, was playing directly against the rival. At so, Anfield. Like, the atmosphere. And, oh, at Anfield. Oh, God. Um, different times. And also, bear in mind, Joey Barton got sent off. And I'm not saying that it would have been a difference, but obviously playing against 11 men, mentality is different to when you've got 10 men. So I don't know, but... Um, but yeah, I'm ne- I'll argue all day long with anyone about that. It's the greatest mm. finish to a season, you know, or certainly in our in our life, my lifetime. Yeah. Wow. God, give me goosebumps. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to when you score a goal now because uh, <laughs> if it can top that, I'll be very impressed. So, uh, in a fictional world in North Korea, anything can happen. Um, exactly. So. Who is so we know it's Spurs you're playing against? I'm um, yeah. I don't know if you've had a th- an opportunity to think, but is there any particular Spurs team, or maybe it's a mishmash of a Spurs team? Is there anyone you really want to be in it from different eras? Um, is there a specific team you're playing against? No, there wasn't. I, I didn't think that of a specific team because no I don't worries. know too much about Spurs. I know some Good of the answer. Players, yeah. Good answer. Yeah. That'd be, <laughs> be too dismissive, but um, yeah. yeah, I just I, it was just a mishmash of people. Um, but yeah, no, no, no one, no one, no one I care to mention. Nice, good. <laughs> that is a great answer. But what you do have to answer is the goalkeeper. Yeah, uh, oh, easy, so, easy for you, do you say? Yeah, yeah, easy. Goal, goalkeeper is Gordon Banks. Okay, wow, lovely. Purely because he's the he's the only English goalkeeper uh, goalkeeper that's won the World Cup, and you can't get better than winning the World Cup. And wow. he was an unbelievable goalkeeper. I wasn't alive, but you obviously seen the videos and the stories. And I just thought, you know, there's obviously in our lifetime we've had amazing goalkeepers. You know, when I grew up, Dino's off for Italy, Buffon obviously, who's still who's obviously unbelievable. Schmeichel obviously from from in England, um, our own Dave Seaman. But yeah, just to someone I just thought who was, um, you know, is is the only World Cup winner who's been a goalkeeper. Yeah, who was or should I say was our goalkeeper in the, in the World Cup. Um, and obviously the save against Pele that everyone, you know, you've seen about a million times, which is still amazing when you watch it now, even though it was in 1970. It's just staggering, really. But, um, yeah, just unbelievable. Yeah, um, I'm going to shock you. I'm going to shock you. I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I, wasn't alive, I wasn't alive for that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, I wasn't alive either. So yeah, oh, no, yeah. That means I'm really old. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you're looking good for a 90 whatever year old. Yeah, um, remembering that one. No, um, no, that's, that's a really good answer. I, I I was expecting maybe even something a bit more. I don't want to say abusive, but maybe we're going to humiliate a goalkeeper. But no, it's the pride of scoring against something that's so. Well, just scoring against the best goalkeeper. Not obviously not the best goalkeeper, but the most, mm. uh, the the highest achieving goalkeeper, if that's such a thing. Um, yeah. It would like it's almost like an honour to say you scored against the World Cup winning goalkeeper. Okay, no, I love it. So, so, so we're scoring against him. I'm very yeah. excited now. Um, it's going to have to be a worldie to beat him. So, obviously, the next two that I've got through are, are the walking through the goal and then the assist. But I suppose it really should be the other way around. So, maybe, maybe this is the opportunity. This is it. This is the moment. So, talk me through yeah. how you're going to score, and then crucially, who's going to who's going to assist if if, if well, somebody is assisting? Yeah, the, the assist. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost like an impossible question, isn't it? Because you know, you just think the amount of goals you've seen, like not just Arsenal goals, but any goal, like in, in so many different situations. You know, I remember watching the you know the uh, the Champions League final in Hamden when Zidane scored that volley. And I just thought it was just like you know, he was an unbelievable player. And I thought I was very fortunate to see him live. He's you know, he's just the head of Thierry Henry, in my opinion, the best player I've seen live. He was um absolutely. As a, as just as a pure footballer, two-footed balance, it was unbelievable, like, absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Uh, you know, where did you see him? I saw him at, in in the Bernabeu. Um, oh. I was in Spain. This was years ago. Um, nice. It was the, I think they were playing uh, Zaragoza, just a league game. But mm. I was uh, I was there. Um, but oh, yeah, just ridiculous, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Um, but um, my assist is. Someone that I, I wish was still here, and I wish that was that I, I saw more of. I was still quite young. Was is Rocky Rowcastle? Oh yeah. Like, you well, know, I, I, when I, 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 I did a documentary. Obviously, it was it was his best mate, and they come from the same estate. And growing up, and 
it was just, you know, he, he died at 33 and he just, it, you can't, and again, you know, it's not because we're Arsenal fans that we're biased, but he was, he was just, he, he, he was the optimism, the optimism, the optimum of Arsenal Football Club. Mm. He, you know, the way, you know, the famous quote he said, I can't remember the exact words, but, you know, it's he talked about, um, oh, what did he say? Oh, is you know, it, is the, it? It's something is, about um, you know the weight who you're playing for and is it something uh, about the back of the shirt and the front of the shirt, of the shirt thing or was that yeah, Adams yeah. I can't remember but yeah it was it was it was along those lines and mm. but like you know what I watched the documentary that Wright did and it was just it was but he, he was he was genuinely like he was he was such a, such a lovely guy like he was such a nice guy and but a massive competitor and obviously he was he was so so skillful and so lovely so I remember the guy who scored at Old Trafford. Um, yeah, but just you know, what I mean, it, I, I just it was hard because you know, Tyrion was is my favourite player. I grew up, you know, Ian Wright was my hero growing up because I was a centre forward myself, and you know, I used to watch his video every single day of his of his greatest goals, and um, you know, I just and he inspired me because he came late into the game, and, and you know, he was he had real character and he loved playing for Arsenal, and and Tyrion yeah. was obviously just next level. He was just. You know, we just unbelievable, unbelievable, and lifted everyone around us, and we won so many games because of him. But I just thought, just out of yeah, you know, just out of res- almost not respect, but just the fact I would love to, I love to see him still with us now. You know, and just a phenomenal player, and yeah, I, taken way too short. You know, way too soon. Yeah, it's a horrible. Um... It's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful but horrible story, isn't it? Just how yeah. his relationship blossomed with with the club and him and Ian yeah. Wright together. And I I only really started to understand the magnitude of of, of Rocky and what he did um, yeah. very recently, to be honest, like in the last few years, because it was before my time, and it's hard to give yourself any context to that. But there was an anniversary recently, and yeah, there was yeah. a documentary, and Ian Wright's come out and done a few videos and. Yeah. the closeness and Ian Wright's so relatable and they were in the same era. Yeah. And, you know, and that's because we've still got him and we're lucky to. And it sounds yeah. like from what we've heard and videos and that, that he was just as much life and the soul it as was, Ian Wright. And how lucky we are to have had those players for, for our clubs. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's why the fans, fans loved them because they, they, they knew they were in a privileged position, a very an extremely fortunate position. And they and they embraced it, and they and they didn't forget where they come from, and and, and never took it for granted. And you know, and look, if you look at now with how right he is with his interaction with, you know, he's still the same. He's still laughing and joking. You can imagine playing against him; it would have been a nightmare. But on your team, is the kind of people that you want. And obviously, an unbelievable finisher. Like you know, you know, we used to watch him and he used to score. And it and it was even better with his celebrations when he used to mock certain players. And but he was doing it. He wasn't trying to be. It wasn't over the top. He was just. It was just so so much enthusiasm for the. Mm. For, for, for be, he was so pleased to be playing football professionally, and and that's what you love to see. You love it, you know, as a fan. Like me personally, I love players like that, and they play for our club. It's amazing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It it makes football what it is, right? And it's the love of it. It's the the people that have, bring the smile on the face to when they play football. And uh, Thierry Henry, like you say, for me was was the ultimate, like the player that made me obsessed with Arsenal. But to be honest, it, you know, there's an infectiousness about Ronaldinho that made me love football more so yeah. in a in a sense. He played with such a smile on his face and he just he he gave such personality to the game. And I'm sure Gaza just before me, Rocky, Ian Wright, all these players that you know, that's it that that's why people watch the game. Yeah. Um, you know, in a lot of ways. So um if only Ronaldinho had played for us. Oh yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's- I just, I just remember watching the Brazil had Nike adverts when they were in the airport. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Skills. I just remember them doing their skills, and I thought, "That's this is ridiculous. I can't even do it with my hands." <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That was... You know what I mean? It was so natural. That's what. It's just a joke. It's not even. It's effortless. That's what mm. makes me laugh. It's just so easy. You know, they're not even trying. But um, you know, just imagine, imagine being one of those players. Just it's so it's just the God-given talent. You just be you'd be laughing, going on the pitch, thinking I'm the best player on the pitch. Just yeah. that it. It's just unbelievable. unbelievable. I love it. And um, do you remember that video? I only found out scarily recently that it wasn't real. But do you remember the 
Nike advert where he's hitting the crossbar at the Bernabeu. It might not have been Bernabeu actually, but yeah. he's just kicking yeah, it against yeah. the crossbar. Yeah, he took the, he took his boots out of the box and then that's it. Yeah, yeah. What well, it yeah, wasn't real? It wasn't real. I only found out like quite recently. I'm quite embarrassed. Yeah. Um, well, Absolutely, um, camera tricks these days. But um, so so, yeah, Rocky. We've got Rocky. That's that's really nice. Um, and plus, I bet he'd love assisting you against Spurs in, in, in North <laughs> Korea. I'm sure. Um, yeah, probably be his first game in North Korea as well. So yeah, I um, think a lot of us first game. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, what's happening? What, what's what's the goal doing? I just uh, I, I, I've always liked goals that are. I always like goals, no matter who it is, where the commentator go, gets proper excited. Like Martin Tyler's unbelievable commentary, right? But I just remember, like, if I, I went through, like, some of the goals that instantly come into my head. And I remember, like, Tony Yabo's goal against Wimbledon when he just, it was, it, it looked so amazing because it hit the crossbar bounced in. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, even when we were growing up, and Ian Wright, we played, I was only Yeovil, but he tripped the keeper. And he'd done the same against Swindon in the top. It was, <coughs> it looked so easy. But I love goals like that, that are just, out of nowhere. Um, mm. Okay. You know, Dennis, Dennis Burkamp's goal against Leicester when he when he didn't touch the floor. It's or the, the goal when he scored against Spurs when he when it come down and, it, and he controlled it and he cut inside and smashed it in a corner hybrid. I love goals yeah. like that. So I, I, that's, that's my kind of goal I like to score. So something that has almost come from nothing. Yeah, so it's almost, it's probably involved a few players. Mm. <clears throat> and obviously the goal we scored against Norwich a few seasons ago that Jack scored. Which oh. one the season was just, but it, it's almost like that, but just a bit more advanced, where the ball's in the air longer. Okay. So it's almost. You see, like Messi and and and, and Neymar walking up at Barcelona, and they're volleying it to each other from about 30, 40 yards away, about seven or eight times, right? and it's not even moving off the ground. It's just being yeah. volleyed back and forth. So it'd be along those lines where the, you know it's been there's been like a sixty yard crossfield ball. It's, it's not touch, It's basically not touched the floor for about five passes, and then I volleyed it in. <laughs> with my left foot, which I can't use, and I've volleyed yeah. it like, sort of on the outside of the box, right into the top corner, and Rocky's flicked it to me, and I've volleyed it in. I love so, it. <coughs> and I, I assume it's hit the crossbar just before it goes in. So I, I was I was, I was, I was, going to use... When we were growing up, we had... They don't have it now, but they, you know they used to have stanchions in the goals? Stanchions? Well, am yeah, I, so, which was... so you know, like the crossbar and the post, but in the corner they sometimes had the stanchions. Oh. Yes. Which would go over, so it would yeah, push yeah, a bit yeah. back. So sometimes there's a few goals where the ball's got stuck in there, so my goal would get stuck in there. So it's like literally wedged <laughs> in to the stanchion. <laughs> I love it. Well, they in North Korea, they they famously don't have as advanced goals, so they're still using the nineties goals. Yeah, well, I thought they, you know, they've, every every when I did my Google Earth, I saw all the all the pictures in North Korea have got stanchions in their nets. I did think your your research was very very thorough for this. I thought you've been going through yeah. every country and every stadium just to find those little you know things yeah. on the side of the goal. It's a good it's a great effort. I like it. Okay. Yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm committed to the cause, you know. <laughs> uh, um, we could do this again. That'd be good. Um, okay, so you've, you've smashed in a, a goal in the top corner. Is it is it in the last minute or is it like the yeah opening? last minute? It's, it's a, we've won five four. Um, oh, five four, a great. Yeah, we, we, we're down to 10 men because we've had because we've had a, a player go off with cramp I've got cramp as well so that, the reason I'm saying that is because I'm so tired I can't yeah. even so my, my my celebration is is I'm not even run anywhere I've just got I've just slumped on the ground and, and asked for the, for the oxygen mask to be called on so I can breathe because it's so humid <laughs> so, so that's my celebration like an old man <laughs> old the, man cramp yeah cramp oxygen mask Okay, so basically your celebration is that you're so dead that actually yeah. people are going to have to revive you. Yeah. Basically, oxygen masks, the crowd are going nuts, they're, they're yeah. singing your name, but you're going to have to be celebrated. Okay, um, <clears throat> uh, so, I mean, you've answered the celebration one, that's fantastic. Um, uh, uh, did You mentioned commentator very very briefly there. Now, I didn't put that as like a thing to think about, but is that is it Martin Tyler? Is it yeah, someone Martin that you Martin Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay, and... Is what are you saying after the game? Is there anything that you have in mind that maybe when you're asked to interview, yeah. there's like a one liner or something? Yeah, I was just going to say it was it was um it was a winner to take your breath away. Oh. <laughs> because of oh, let me get this down. Oxygen mask reference. So I oh, thought that was 
you're gonna have to say that with a wink. You can't you can't say that to the press and not do a wink. Yeah, yeah. Um, It'll be a proper wink and a smile. Okay. I love holding it. Holding my man, man of the match trophy. Holding the man holding man of the match trophy. Rocky, I love Rocky, it. Rocky would have presented to me, you know, like I used to do the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um is there a present with it? Is it like a is it champagne? Are oh, you not allowed alcohol in North Korea? Or are we allowing no. alcohol? Because uh, it's basically a <coughs> Excuse me, it's a key to the right. freedom of the city of Pyongyang. Okay. <laughs> the first oh, lesson that's that freedom of the city. You know what? I was um I did this with a couple of people last time as a test, this 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 exact like format. And my worry was that everyone would say the same thing. I now do not have that worry. <laughs> yeah. It's just a different one every time. I love it. Um, uh, is there anything anything else? Go on. No, that was it. That was it. I just was like, you know, the trophy was like a huge trophy we got presented. The fans obviously going mad, going absolutely mad. Um, yeah, it was just it was just an amazing amazing day. We were the first winners of the of the worldwide Champions League, champions of champions. Okay, I got the winning goal. Rocky got the assist. Uh, what more do you want? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna run you for your win. goal. I I I I wish I had like. You know, I, I won't do this now, but maybe in the future, if I do this format, I can like set up myself to do like do the commentary, you know, but yeah. like and be smooth enough to do it. But I don't think I've got yeah. it in me. So, uh, one day, maybe, maybe one day I'll send you a voice note or something of commentary yeah. of this. But, um, I'll try, I'll do my best Martin Tyler impression. Um, so, so right, we're in, we're in North Korea. Now, we did have 114,000 seats of stadium, but actually, we've dug deeper to get this both the chairs closer to the to the ground so it's like hybrid um yeah. the chairs close to the, the pitch i should say um and also because it's got deeper and we've got more area to fit um the chairs it's now 164,000 seat stadium it's the biggest ever in history it's 90 percent to 10 percent split of arsenal versus spurs fans because you still need the spurs fans to rub it in because yeah. it's a peaceful world we can get everybody over there north korea yeah. isn't an issue um yeah. It's the Champions League of the world. It's the first time it's ever happened. Okay, so um, this is an amalgamation of every uh, Champions League or every competition within every continent in the world. So this is the biggest as it gets, and it's yeah. the final. And the only reason Spurs are in the final, who's the team we're playing, um, is because it's completely fictitious and there's no way they'll ever get to a final because the last time they won a trophy was in 1901. Um, you'd be wearing the 1989 kit. It's away and field vibes. Um, and that's inspired you to play against obviously it's Spurs, um, but you're to be assisted with the goal from Rocky, the only yeah. man that you could be assisted from. The the vibrant, the skillful, the talented Rocky from the 80s um, and 90s. So um, you're going to be scoring against Gordon Banks, the talented and most decorated England keeper ever. He's won a World Cup and you're going to be scoring in the top corner against him. So you're going to have a 60-yard ball it's been in the air for a couple of minutes, everyone bopping it around, Norwich-esque style. And then yeah. it's going to finally land. Ricky's going to, Rocky's going to flock it, uh, flick it on. And, uh, and you've been down to 10 ever while. You score in the last minute, 5-4, bosh. The crowd are going crazy. But because, it, <laughs> because, it's, because you've been so knackered and you're down to 10 <laughs> men, you immediately cramp up. And whilst the crowd are going absolutely delirious, the oxygen comes on and has to save you. And so... <laughs> You recover, the final whistle goes, everyone's going crazy. Martin Tyler's commentate the whole thing, is absolutely buzzing. The post-match pre- press conference, they ask you what you thought about your goal and you winked at him. And as you winked at him, you said, well, the winner really was one to take your breath away. Everybody laughs. Everyone's having a great time. You get the man of the match forward. Rocky's presenting it to you. And at the same time, you didn't realise you were going to get this, but you get the key to the freedom of the city of Pyongyang. <laughs> what a day. <laughs> yeah, not bad, is it? Not bad, not bad. Well, um, that is fantastic. Uh, that's how do you feel about your goal? Yeah, I'm I'm pleased. I made it to to the the final third after having cramp and being knackered. <laughs> God, that's so good. And you're lucky you weren't subbed because I'm not sure who the manager was. Hey, I didn't ask that. That's a good question. I assume it'd be Wenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? So Wenger would have naturally hauled you, knowing Wenger. You know. Yeah. Um, well, only reason I was on because we had ten men. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. There's nothing you could do. Um, <laughs> Well, look, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this is this has been thank genuinely so much fun. Um, oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, brilliant. no, I've loved it. And it's all the answers were super, you know, really, really different, and uh, they really had me laughing. I was, I was worried we would have, would have, you know, n- normally people just, I would have just said something like, "Thierry Henry's going to pass it to me. I'm going to score a thirty-yard screamer." 
uh, it'd be yeah. at Highbury. And uh, that's it. But no, thank you so much, mate. It's been great. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, mate. No worries at all. So look, let's hopefully uh, get you on a soon at some point and let's, uh, let's go and beat Tottenham. Yeah, fingers crossed. All I'll right. see you soon, and... yeah? All right. Cheers, mate. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. See you. Bye now.